0: Good morning, friends and partners, and those visitors listening to this podcast coming to you live from Israel. Hallelujah. Uh, This is the first week of November 2009, coming to you with a report about the recent flash floodings that have hit the central region of Israel. And uh, what is God saying through all this to us as believers? Is there a biblical precedent to what is happening with these atmospheric disturbances? So let's talk about these atmospheric disturbances. Uh, I was In the month of August September and October was in the United States traveling extensively uh, the most time I've ever spent away from my family and uh, the Lord's grace and hand was on it and as we traveled um, the Lord would have us bring a message of repentance and for those that are interested in what is the summation of that message it is return back to your first love you would be very very smart very very wise in this hour to return back to your first love hallelujah to get all the trash out, to break up the fallow ground, to repent, to not to be weighed down by the cares of life, by the financial pressures. Use this time, use this time of trials and tribulation you may be going through uh, to refine your character, to learn the the discipline of endurance and patience that you may be perfect, complete, lacking nothing, James says in chapter 1. And so in the States, as we were preaching these messages, all types of atmospheric disturbances would happen. I would blow the shofar and suddenly within minutes, tornado funnel clouds would appear over our home base in Atlanta, Georgia. I would go to California, preach on repentance, an earthquake hit as I'm preaching, which was only centered eight kilometers behind the church, the epicenter in Paso Robles, California. We would go other places and things would happen. And what was very, very interesting was as I was coming back to Atlanta, Where our main ministry hub is in the states, massive flash floodings had hit. They call it the 100-year flood. Had hit Atlanta, and so much rain fell, it was really uh, just a disaster area for many businesses and homes. Uh, The good that came out of it was the aquifer, the water table, and the lakes, the watershed for that region of of North South Carolina, especially Georgia and Eastern Alabama was filled back up. Now, this is significant because two plus years ago, the governor of Georgia called for a statewide day of fasting and prayer for all government employees, for all people, because the the drought was so bad. Uh, Lake Lanier and the other uh, watershed of Atlanta area, Atlanta was becoming a city about to dry up. And God, of course, had answered those prayers. We thank God for it. And here, our our ministry is called Flash Floods, and we come back into Atlanta after obeying him, and look at the flash floods that break out. So we come back to Israel here in October, and um, here, less than, you know, two weeks, and suddenly flash floods break out not too far from our house. Uh, Natanya totally just massive flash floods that hit the central coastal region hit by flash floods, the main agricultural belt of Israel, the breadbasket of Israel, the citrus basket of Israel, the very fertile Sharon range. Now, Jerusalem did not receive that much rain, nor did the deserts in the south, but the central area where the main population center, Tel Aviv and its environs, especially just north, Netanya, Hadera, moving up into the Carmel range and then to the north toward the Sea of Galilee was hit with massive rains this weekend and more rains are coming again tonight but what was interesting to me in this i want to put all this together what does this mean to us as believers these early rains that have come Uh, what is the lord speaking to us and what are some biblical precedents we can apply to our heart about these sudden flash floods that are hitting first of all it says that jesus return in isaiah 59 will be like a flash flood he will come like a pent-up flash flood stream which the wind of the Lord's drive along. And so in Isaiah 59, and Paul quotes that when he mentions all Israel shall be saved in Romans 11, this revival, this awakening of the dry bones, this awakening of the glory of God upon the ancient Jewish people here, hallelujah, uh, is going to be like a flash flood event. It's going to be quick and it's going to be sudden and it's going to be terrifying. Second, what we see here is that when their streams break out, or rivers in the desert, the name of the ministry here, it's a sign that God is doing something new. And believe it or not, this area is a desert, arid region. And due to uh, certain innovations, the last 60 years has caused this desert area to blossom, hallelujah, to blossom agriculturally, to blossom with tremendous fruit fruit production and able to sustain a large population center in this area because of agricultural um Endowments from heaven, uh, wisdom given to men, on how to take the little rainfall that happens here and use it to produce fruit and crops to sustain the families and people that live here. It's a beautiful thing. It's a mo- it's called the modern miracle of Israel. But what has happened the last couple of years, uh, especially the last ten years, uh, there's been a lot of reports of the Dead Sea drying up. Uh, you go to the Lake Kinneret, the Sea of Galilee, you see it at a critical, critical condition. You see, I, I'd be with Israelis and they remember the days where the Sea of Galilee was so much higher and they go and see it now, they just began to cry. They began to weep. And, you know, water is a sign of life here. For Americans, Canadians, where we have so much water, you have to really uh, picture that without water, um, nothing happens over here. And water is a very, very precious resource And so for Israelis to see their life, the lake of Kinneret drying up, to see see the Dead Sea drying up, they see the central coastal aquifer being depleted of its water sources. There's a great cry out for more rain. They're even um, resurrecting the idea of building a canal from Elat, the coastal city uh, of the Red Sea and piping water and allowing gravitation to bring water down through a man-made canal from the Red Sea back and to flow from south to north into through the Arava, which is Isaiah chapter 35, and flow back into the Dead Sea to replenish it. So for them to want to revitalize a multi-billion dollar project like that, it's a sign of what a great drought is in this area. And so here we are. uh, I put on, on our website on the homepage on the twitter that the first thing i noticed coming back to israel after being gone for three months is how dry it is here and how dusty and how barren and how arid and how we need water well thank god for you guys helping pray and other people praying god sent rains especially to this area this coastal region and it was just massive floodings i went out uh, jogging in the morning on Friday morning, and it just—it was such a blessing to, to jog along the uh, park area, Hallelujah! And the rains that began to fall, and the sweetness of the rain. And I've, you know, I've been in rain before, and I've tasted rainfall, but nothing like this. The precipitation that would fall on us was tasting so sweet, and then to see the, the amount of lightnings and thunders. And even the unsaved Israelis that were with me, the special forces, they were, they were getting frightened by the amount of lightning and thunder. And, and even into the night and the following day, uh, I have never seen such a, a, a continuation of lightnings and thunders rolling through. It was just, it was an incredible lightning work show. So what does this mean to us as believers? Well, first of all, in Jeremiah chapter 10, it says in verse 12, uh, it is he who has made the earth by his power, who established a world by his wisdom. By his understanding, he has stretched out the heavens. When he utters his voice, there is atonement of waters in the heavens. He causes the clouds to ascend from the ends of the earth. He makes lightning for the rain and brings out the wind from his storehouses. All, every man is stupid, devoid of knowledge. So it's interesting here that in God's way of humbling man, the pride and the self-sufficiency of man, especially in this humanistic age. Uh, God says every man is stupid in comparison to who he is, who stretched out the heavens, who utters his voice, and there's a tumult of waters, who makes lightning for rain and brings out the wind from his storehouses. Hallelujah. And so we sat there um, with these special forces and these different strong, you know, athletes early in the morning on Friday running with them and people were just shaking in their boots, so to speak. And the power of God that was being displayed in the coastal area here in Israel, and the lightnings and the thunder, and the shatterings, and just feels like your little blade of grass, a little cork in the middle of a raging ocean. It was just, it was just tremendous. And also, it talks about here in the book of Zechariah that, and when it's time for war. When it says in Zechariah nine thirteen, "I'll bend Judah as my bow; I'll fill the bow with Ephraim; I'll stir up your sons Othson against your sons O Greece, and I'll make you like a warrior's sword." Then the Lord will appear over them. So in this time, the sons of Greece versus the sons of Zion. The sons of Zion are the believers, Jew and Gentile, male and female, one in the Messiah. The sons of Greece are is that humanistic army. Uh, Derek Prince uh, has great teachings on that. The sons of grief represent this current humanistic age and their primary primary leader will be the man who has the mark of man, the number of man, 666. Anyway, that is who we're fighting against. And during this time of war, as God sharpens us to stand up against the Antichrist forces of his last days, God will appear over them and his arrow will go forth like lightning. And I saw the lightning. Now I've lived in Florida i lived in Oklahoma for many years, um, pretty much raised in the southeast or the Midwest uh, most of my uh, adult life, and I've seen thunderstorms rolling, I've seen tornadoes, I've seen uh, manifestations, atmospheric disturbances that will cause strong men to shudder in fear. But what I saw this weekend here in Central Region of Israel of these lightnings that went forth. Um, I have never seen anything like that before. And that's why I'm sending forth this prophetic alert to you through a podcast audio form. His arrow will go forth like lightning, Zechariah 9.14. And the Lord God will blow the shofar and march in the storm winds of the south. And so we see this tremendous display of atmospheric disturbances Whip the sound of the shofar as God is rising up to go to war. And it says in a few verses later in Zechariah 10.1, Ask rain from the Lord at the time of the spring rain. The Lord makes the storm clouds. He gives them showers of rain, vegetation, and field to every man. For the terrapins speak iniquity. Diviners seek lying visions and tell false dreams. They comfort in vain. Therefore, the people wonder like sheep. They are afflicted because there is no shepherd. My anger is kindled against the shepherds. And so what we see here in this time of war, the Sons of Zion versus the Sons of Greece, the world system versus the church, okay, that God himself is rising up in these huge atmospheric disturbances. And in these atmospheric disturbances, his word will go forth like lightning. He is going to sound the trumpet and march in the tornadoes of the south. And it's during this time that we should ask for rain. And God brings the rain, okay, to cause the diviners, to cause those sing lying visions, those who tell false dreams, those who comfort in vain, those who say peace, peace, when there is not peace, okay? That causes the people to wonder without a, a true shepherd, to cause, um, aff- uh, there is an affliction because there is no shepherd. God's anger is rising up in this hour. God's sovereignty is being displayed in this hour. And what we need to do is be people of the wind, of the spirit, to flow with what the word of God says and not what contemporary Christianity is being piped out in the current media outlets of religion, of Christianity. I call it. Um, folks, it is not the time to try to comfort ourselves. It's the time to prepare for war. Our comfort is in obeying him. Our comfort is being in his presence, hallelujah. Not an external uh, state of bliss. We'll get that when we get to heaven. Right now is the time to listen to what the Spirit is saying. And God has chosen this small little land bridge between Asia, Europe, and Africa called the Land of Israel. And he has said that in this land, he will show his glory. This land is like a clockwork for the Spirit-filled church worldwide to look to. When things happen here, it's a sign of what's gonna happen worldwide. And we see a massive flash floodings have hit this region. It's the central coastal region of Israel. Now, why, what's, what's significant about this central coastal region? Well, the central coastal region area here um, was inhabited by two tribes that were the most uh, idolatrous and the most uh, um, backslidden lot of probably all of them. And that is Ephraim and Manasseh. And it was in this central coastal region that goes up into the hill country that Ahab gained his power and, through a marriage covenant, brought in Jezebel. And she reigned in this region. And what she brought into this region was a thing called Baal worship. Now, what does that have to do with lightnings and thunder? Well, as you've heard me teach on this before, Baal worship is what brought about the rise of the true prophetic movement of Elijah and Elisha and other prophets the seven thousand and not bow the knee. Hallelujah. Pius Baal worship represents a system. It's a pagan system that represents uh, this deity called Baal or Baal, which means master or lord. Who is this um, deity who brought in the thunderbolts and the lightning, the thunderclouds and the rain? So Jezebel brought into the children of Israel, especially of Manasseh, this uh, northern tribal area. Um, largest tribes of the north brought in this system of worship Baal worship that worship this deity to bring the rains why? Agricultural based society especially area part of the world needs rain so they would so to speak worship and offer sacrifices have their prophets of Baal to believe for these rains to come and the lightnings and the thunder and their crops would grow and prosperity would ensue and so but What's interesting about Baal worship that it was very close to the Mosaic imitation of who God is, but without the stipulations of a law. And that's why Israel fell into it. It was a, a, Baal was a type of warlike type God, as was the Lord of the armies of heaven of Israel, He brought the rain. It talks about God, the Lord of hosts, you know, marches in the storm winds of the south. And Psalm 68, he marches in the chariots of like a cloud. Okay, and it's it's imagery that's very close to the God of Israel, but it didn't have the stipulations of the law of Moses. And what does Baal worship today? Where does Jezebel get her strength? Where does the lukewarm Ephraim, Manasseh type uh, religiosity get a hold of God's people? Well, it's real simple. Um, Baal worship is asking God for prosperity and reign without the stipulations of the cross. It is a message of asking God to send revival without the cross. It is a message of God wanting to bless us financially, okay, but without the stipulations of having to die to self and go through a Gethsemane experience. Uh, this is what is really what you were hearing today. We're hearing a message. Of destiny we're hearing a message of a crossless message we're hearing a Winnie the Pooh message we're hearing a message of how you can achieve and be blessed in life etc cetera, etc cetera, without the message of the cross and this is a form of Baal worship and who brought in this Baal worship to its uh, highest pinnacle was Jezebel herself and so this is what's happening Jezebel has gained entry into the church through bringing a message of this Baal worship, this God who brings the rain that your crops can grow, that you can have a destiny and and prosperity ensue without the stipulations of repentance, without the stipulations of a hard, strong message of carrying the cross, that's what Jesus said. And so we have these like two camps right now in Christianity. We have those who are hot and zealous and who do not want to turn, who are disgusted with what they see happening in the current modern uh, contemporary scene and then you have those who are just going along the scene and, and you know appearing on oprah and larry king and getting their books out there new york times bestseller and it's a popular worldly message and message of improvement a message of destiny and just without the message of the cross so we see that's where jezebel has gained her power so the reason that these rains have come These reasons that the lightnings and the thunder hit the central coastal region was to show that God is the true God and not Baal. And so brothers and sisters, I believe we're in that hour where God is bringing, I mean, a display of lightning, a display of thunder, a display of flash floodings in the central area where Manasseh and Ephraim is located to rouse people, to rouse his remnant, that he is the God of the lightning, not Baal. He is the God who brings prosperity. He is the one. And the message right now is not prosperity because God knows how to take care of his people. God, you know, you read Psalms 112, you'll see that God loves the blessed wealth and riches are in the health of the righteous, but that's not the issue. The issue is God wants to go to war right now, hallelujah, against the sons of Greece, against this Baal system, hallelujah. And now is the time to rise up. And now is the time for God to raise up true shepherds according to his own heart, hallelujah, that will feed us on knowledge and true discernment. So brothers and sisters, this is a quick update to you. The rains have hit here. They're the early rains. In the agricultural season of Israel, this is the time that we break up the grounds we prepare the grounds. You, you drive around this central area of the Sharon. You see the farmers have pretty much already completed breaking up the fallow ground after a long, dry, hard summer to, for the soil to prepare for the rains. Hallelujah. And the latter rains have not come yet. It has been the early rains. And we've had massive flash floodings here. There's more on the way this tonight, more rains tomorrow. Continue to pray that these rains continue, that the central aquifer underground water sources are refilled. Second, that the Sea of Galilee, the Kinneret, will go past the black stage. We're at a very critical level. Most people uh, do not understand outside of Israel the, the, the dilemma, the dangerous position we're in in terms of water for the Sea of Galilee. We need more rains. We need not just rains. Hallelujah. Why not? Let's believe for the Aquifers of the deep to break open. It says in Genesis, it wasn't just the rains that flooded the earth 40 days and 40 nights. It was the fountains of the deep that broke open. And God knows where the water table is. Wouldn't that be awesome for God just to break open underneath the Sea of Galilee or in the Golan Heights or in the, the upper Jordan River or in the desert these aquifers to suddenly spring up through the ground? Hallelujah. Maybe through some type of seismic activity something happens. And it just turns this desert into a Garden of Eden. Hallelujah. But God will only do this if we ask him. The withholding of rain, i idea of famine and drought is a sign of God's displeasure and sin with the people. So as it was in the days of Elijah, so it is today. Let's cry out, hallelujah, for God to send the rain, for God to break open the aquifers of the deep, hallelujah, to bring replenishment to this land. Let this cause many Israelis and Arabs to come to faith in Jesus, this supernatural. And yet if it doesn't happen, let's look at this time as being a time to break open our fallow ground, to repent, to return to God. Now, personally for me, the last three months, I've just kicked this thing into overdrive. Hallelujah. The same way going after uh, long-distance endurance sports when your body does not want to to run or bike or swim and you make it, you make it get out of bed early in the morning before you start your ministerial and family duties. You get up early and you run those extra miles. You get your heart rate up. You, you deny yourself certain um, foods, glory to God, that you can present your body as, a, as an instrument and a, a weapon of righteousness. And if we've been talking about that. In the same way, I've been pressing in spiritually. Hallelujah. And in this pressing in, we saw flash floods hit. We saw earthquake. We saw atmospheric disturbances. And now back home here, pressing in after him. And flash floods break up break open here in this region of where we live very very interesting glory to god and what that says to me is first of all i praise and worship him hallelujah because god is god and he answers the prayers of the righteous oh hallelujah it is so fresh outside it is so sweet the smell glory to god everything's just coming alive it's like a huge shower has hit the region and washed away all the dust and grime of a long hearts hot summer hallelujah and we need more rain Second, this is the sign to me personally that God is appearing, hallelujah, and, and to combat this humanistic Greek element in our society. God is not Baal. It's God himself who brings the storm clouds, who brings the lightning, who brings the displays of his power. And now is the time for us to rise up, hallelujah. And what is the, the crux of this message is that God's sheep are scattered. There's no true shepherds. And so this is the hour that God is raising up true shepherds. And may these broadcasts, may our website, may our stealth operations here in Israel, as we voice them out to you via video or podcast, uh, audio, or the written uh, digital emails we send out. May these, or you may come over here and visit us. May these be your manna. May these be your fresh water sources, your springs. Hallelujah. As we, attempt to follow the great shepherd and pass on to you as under shepherds how you can find the springs of water, how you can survive and thrive in times of drought, how you can be a part of this great end time army God's raising up in this hour. Hallelujah. Lord, I want to thank you for those listening. I thank you, Father God, for answering our prayers and sending the early rains. I thank you for more. Lord, I thank you that you just relay the sound of my voice the immensity of the lightning storm, the immensity of the thunder and the flash floods that hit this weekend, and the immensity of you rising up in your power, looking to raise up new shepherds, looking to take on the sons of Greece. You yourself are blowing the shofar. And Father, may we all return to our first love, return to the deepest aquifers, the deepest wellsprings of the deep. Hallelujah. Hallelujah of loving you, of obeying you, of not our will, your will be done. I thank you, Father God. We just forgive those that have spoken against us, those that have done things against us. We forgive and release as you freely forgave us. And Lord, I thank you for pouring out a spirit of grace like you did on the Macedonian believers, a spirit of generosity where they beg to give to the Jewish believers in Israel. And I thank you for it in the mighty name of Jesus. Yeshua our Messiah amen the Sun's starting to break through hallelujah even as we're praying here through the windows here into the office glory to God it's beautiful I want to share with you to continue to uh, listen to the excuse me read the teachings that we bring it out called the the lost discipline of begging it's about a supernatural outpouring of the spirit that came upon the churches in Macedonia that they begged to give to the believers in Israel And it's very significant that they begged for the opportunity to give to the mobile offering Paul came through with, the collection, to bless the believers in Israel. And notice that there's a lot of believers today that love Israel on the verge of what we call Israel idolatry, but they're not giving and helping the believers very much. They're giving and helping the unbelievers here. So when did God reverse the order that we're supposed to give and sacrifice and bless and love the unbelievers? What about the believers? What about you know members of your own family? Why is there this betrayal happening here? Well, believers need to wake up and not be ashamed of the gospel. And they need to have the spirit, this fresh rain come upon their hearts of begging with this incredible spirit of joy. Hallelujah. Despite their abject poverty they may be in, to give to the believers in Israel, hallelujah. So remember those of the family first, before you bless secondarily, those of a secular or religious mindset here in Israel that are not sons of God yet, hallelujah. Hope that makes sense to you. Don't forget about us. We're here laboring for your faith, laboring in the vineyards of the Lord, doing stealth operations, counterterrorism. exciting things are going on, um, exciting connections, we will be in touch. Mega and Rav Shalom to you. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. For being a part of Rivers in the Desert International, listening to our message today to you. Perhaps you have a friend, perhaps yourself are sitting there and wondering, where would I go if I died today? We'd like to give you a great privilege of praying with us and leading you to a knowledge of Jesus the Messiah. The Bible says if any man or woman would call upon the name of Jesus, they would be saved. The Greek word for saved is healed, delivered. It's a wonderful promise. You're there now in your automobile, perhaps at home listening. Go ahead and pray this prayer with me. Say, Dear Father, I ask you in the name of Jesus to forgive me of my sins. The Bible says, if anybody would call upon your name, they would be saved. I'm calling today, Lord. Save me. Forgive me. Cleanse me. Take all of my sins and cast them into the sea of forgetfulness. Father, I'm coming, running home to you now. In your name I pray, amen. If you'd like to contact us in our ministry, you may do so by writing us at Rivers in the Desert, P.O. Box 2788 in Alpharetta, Georgia, 30023 in the United States of America.